For this special 200th episode of the James Sheets podcast, we have a very special guest today. Her name is Vivian Sheets Cromer, and she is James's younger sister. And uh, it's a real privilege to speak with you, Aunt Vivian. I'm so glad to have you on today. Well, I am very happy that you asked me too. It's it's an honor to get to do uh, to do this. I don't know if I told you this or not, but we have over 1,600 downloads of uh, different episodes of the podcast, which means that over 1,600 episodes have been um, getting into people's homes. Um, the preaching that uh, Grandpa James is sharing with people. Uh, it's getting out and uh, it's in several different countries. Have I told you about that? Well, you mentioned something about that. Uh, that I think that's wonderful. It's, it's amazing to me um, that it can even be done. I'm just, I'm just excited and impressed that something like that can actually be done. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's a real privilege to, uh, to get to do this. And I feel really grateful to have come across um, you know, all of these cassettes that I can, that I can put into, uh, into the podcast. Um, I didn't really get to know him as an adult. Uh, and so it's been a real blessing for me. Well, that is, that is great. And I'm glad his work is, uh, is just continuing he, That would make him proud. He would be happy to know that. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear from you. Um, you're, you're James's younger sister, right? Tell us about your, yeah. the family, uh, you know, the family tree a little bit and, and how you grew up with him. And um, uh, I'd love for you to just share um, some of your memories of him and what you, what you thought of him. All right, I will do that. Okay. Well, actually, um, James was the oldest of four. It was James and then my brother Don and my brother Claren. And um, James was actually 18 years older than me. I was born after World War II. And during the war, my mom, uh, while dad was in World War II, um, she raised the, the three boys uh, for the two years that he was in the service. So I know that was hard for her. But so as growing up, um, I didn't actually get to... Well, when I, like I said, when I was born, he was 18, and he was ready to go to college. So, therefore, I did not really get to live in the household with him as I did my other two brothers. And then after college, he married in uh, 1954. He married Virginia. And so, I really didn't get to even start knowing my own brother until after he got married because he was away from home in college and then he got married and of course they had a house of their own he and Virginia so um, we didn't really have that brother sister relationship that brothers and sisters do have as siblings growing up together so um, but my memories pretty much began of him after he got married. I was six years old at the time that he got married. And I remember, though, getting to visit his churches and watching him in the pulpit. And his wife, Virginia, she taught Sunday school. And I loved, loved getting to go to her class when we would go to visit. Uh, she had such a gentle soul. She just had a soft-spoken voice. And it was just, it warmed my heart to get to be with her. So, but as I became older, I grew to love his sermons more, 
and began to know who he really was as a person. Until then, I really didn't know a lot about him because he was never in, in my life. So, he, But he had such a wonderful way of communicating with people in his church and his community. Uh, he had a hearty laugh. That part I do remember about him. He loved, he had a sincere laugh. He loved to tell little jokes and play tricks on people. And he would just, he would laugh and he would love to tell me jokes and, and catch me uh, falling for his jokes. But we spent a lot of time visiting him, my mom and dad and myself, especially after his daughter, Lynn, was born. Uh, I loved Lynn and loved playing with her. It it was not uh, many. We weren't. We didn't have many years between us. I was young. I was so young, and then so we kind of grew up together and played together, and we had a wonderful relationship. At one time, uh, he lived in Indiana, and he was the pastor of a church there. And my mother and I would take a train ride from Auburn, West Virginia, to Indiana to visit him. That was a great adventure for me. I was just young, and I just loved getting on that train and seeing the countryside. In Indiana, there wasn't any, anything but countryside uh, as we traveled. And, of course, that's the route a train would take. And then uh, I grew up and went to college and met my husband, and we got married in 1971. Well, it was such an honor to get to have my brother to be the one that married us in, in my church. He, my brother was not, James was not a pastor of that church, but I asked him if he would, would marry us. And of course he said yes. And that was a very, very happy, proud day. And it made it special for my whole family. Um, so that was really great. One thing I know I remember James loved was playing cards. And every time we would get together, we'd set up the card table and we would play cards and had such a good time. Um, we would go what was called the farm. My mom and dad had a 300-acre farm that they raised animals and uh, dad loved farming. So when James and Virginia would come and visit, we would um, do a lot of things outside, of course. And James would um, help farm. And that we love playing cards. And um, one thing, at one time, actually, my brother James and his wife, Virginia, they lived on that farm for a few years. And I was young. I can't remember why they lived there, but they did. And they had a boxer. And I had a parakeet. Oh, my gosh. That was a bad day for me. That boxer um, got the into the cage and ate my parakeet. So that was a terrible, that was a bad memory for me. But then in 2003, I remember um, he was pastor of uh, Madison Baptist Church, which was near Charleston, West Virginia. And he was honored uh, for 52 years of service as a pastor of ministry. And at that time, he, um, he was, he had been there a few years. I can't remember exactly how many, but it was a wonderful celebration. And it was time for church, and James would stand at the door and just greet everybody like, like you would. Um, you know, good morning, nice to have you, good morning to everybody. He didn't know that my husband Jerry and I were coming, and we surprised him. And he looked at us, and he started to say, good morning, and then looked up, and he was so shocked to see us uh, walk in. And he just laughed about that. He said, that was great. 
so they had a it was a nice celebration and afterwards a nice nice reception but i had a lot of good good memories about things like that mostly just with his pastor work and i just thought he was a wonderful wonderful preacher of course i guess i was prejudiced in some way but i still enjoy listening to his his sermons and um so Let's see. Oh, I, and one thing I remember in 2008, he and his wife were going to move to Gray, Tennessee, which is kind of close to me. And I was so excited uh, because I would get to visit him a lot. But unfortunately, um, he had some heart issues and he went to Charleston, West Virginia Hospital and had some heart surgery. And then due to complications after the heart surgery, that's when he passed away in 2008. So he did not get to live in Gray, um, and I know he was excited about that, and we were excited about that, but that unfortunately was not, not in the plan, I guess. But James just had a wonderful, sweet, kind soul. He just loved everybody, and everybody loved him. And, uh, he, you know, he not only raised his daughter, Lynn Esther, um, but he also raised a girl named Vicky, and then he raised um, Virginia's niece, Faye. Then he raised two more people, Helen and John, who were actually brother and sister. But it didn't matter that they weren't his own family. Um, he raised them as his own. Uh, he was just a giving, caring human being. And anyone who met James, they really loved him. And... Um, they all called him dad, uh, and he even treated them as if they were his very own, even though they weren't, like, you know, biologically his. But um, so, you know, like I said, we had a lot of wonderful time, wonderful memory. Our family was very close. I really appreciate you sharing uh, all those great memories. Um, that's fantastic. I did not know that uh, you had not come along until so late uh, uh, in the family, uh, you know, nucleus there. I didn't realize that he was an adult by the time you were born. Uh, that That's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? When, when you know, you're not growing up together, he's already moved on and uh, kind of more like an uncle than a brother, huh? Exactly. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, exactly. I would love... For you to talk about times when he demonstrated his character, his his um his moral compass, you know, I'm sure that there were times that were trying for the family. Um, I remember the farm. Uh, I didn't visit. You know, I didn't come out uh, a ton of times, but boy, what a beautiful place and um, what an incredible blessing, you know. Uh, but I but I know that the family had its ups and downs and lean times and different things. And I would love if you could share, um, cause you see people who listen to the podcast, the, the window of their understanding for James is when he's, I picture him standing in front of a wooden pulpit with those, with his Bible out and looking through his trifocals at verses and, uh, you know, expounding on the scriptures and things. But of course a person's life is much more than that. Um, and there were the, the only reason he developed the sense of character and the sense of, uh, integrity that he had is because of his upbringing and his family life. And so I would love it if you could give, um, all of us a window into 
that, you know, that metal that he had in him, that moral compass, and uh, maybe a time or two when when he had to stand on that? Well, um, well, like I said, you know, when he raised the children that weren't his, they needed loving and they needed a home. And, of course, he reached out to them and brought them into his home and raised them as his own. Um, so, and, of course, unfortunately, I didn't get to, we never lived close together. You know, he when he, after he married, he lived distance. We had distance apart that you had to travel quite a bit. So, we wouldn't even get to see him every month even, you know, how where people live close, they can see them. So, there's a lot of that that. I know he was a private person sometimes and um, didn't didn't share his feelings all the time or not with me because I guess I was so young, you know. Sure, sure. I can completely understand that. Tell me if you could about some really fond memories that you have maybe of, uh, you know, gag gifts that were exchanged at Christmas or different pranks that he would pull. I, w- I would love to hear about those uh, those things. Some people might say that I have a streak of that. Well, he at Christmas time, um, we would all get together, and most of the pranks were played on my mother because she was just fun. So when at at our Christmas, what we would do to exchange gifts, we would start with the youngest. And end up with the oldest. Well, my mother, she was just a few months older than my dad. But because she was the oldest, she was had to wait. And she was the last to open her gifts. So it's like what would happen when it came her turn, we all got together and decided to, what we would do to her. So like one year. Um, it was her turn because she was last, and we made sure somebody kind of left the room and turned all the lights out. Back then, you had what was called a breaker box, okay? And you could turn every light in the whole house off with one switch. So I know young people today may not understand that, but that's the way it was at the farmhouse. You had one big breaker box and one, one big handle switch that would turn off everything. So we would make her think all the lights were off and just when it was her turn to open her gifts. And then one year, uh, it was her turn to open her gifts, and we all had hidden um, a book, a hymn book. And just as soon as it was her turn to start, everybody in unison stood up and started singing Christmas carols out of the hymn books. <laughs> so <laughs> things like that. We did, did things like that to her a lot because she was just the oldest, but the, it was fun, fun for her and fun for us to do. And she would just get angry, not real angry, but pretend, you know, she'd say, oh, stop, don't do that, don't, you know. <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was a good, good laugh. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Tell me about when you guys got married, what were Grandpa James's first impressions of Jerry and how did he how did he harass you folks, you know, as you were dating and, and getting serious and things? I can just picture it, but, you know, I, I'd love to hear about it. Well, one one thing, when Jerry first met James, he thought it was my dad because James was pretty much the same age as Jerry's mother. 
And my dad and James looked a lot alike. People thought that all the time. And he thought that he was Mr. Sheets, Lynn Sheets, and not James Sheets. So that was real funny. But, um, but yeah, James, uh, we asked him if he would marry us in our church in Athens, West Virginia. And um, so it was just a real special, special time for that. And he was, I think he was real happy that we asked him to do that. And uh, his wife, Virginia, she conducted the wedding, which she did a great job, too. She was the coordinator, huh? Yes, yes, she was. That's neat. That's really great. For those who are completely strangers to your family and how you did things, and uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you all were raised, Some of maybe some of the values that you were raised with that really stand out to you that you appreciate um, and that you know uh, were, were true for, for James and his life as well as for yourself. I know that might be kind of an obscure question. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Um, maybe <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Well, I know that we were brought up in a very Christian home. Uh, we always had a blessing before every meal and we did go to church every Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday nights, uh, because the Baptist, that's what they do. And uh, so I was brought up in, in the church, and all of, our, all of us were. And um, we were taught to care for everybody, uh, to give, and to love. And those were very, very important values and morals that um, have stuck with me today. And, and James, he was just, uh, he was a model for that, for sure. You can see it. Everything he did, he was that kind of a person. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. I would love to. I would love to just open it up for you know anything else that comes to mind that that you'd like to share um, about him. It doesn't have to be on any particular topic, but um, you know any favorite memories that you have of when you guys got together. Or I don't know. At this point, I can't think of a lot of things. Like I said, because I didn't really get to grow up with him. Yeah, and sure. Our, our time was, you know, just like we would go visit for a weekend here and there and go to his church. Um, I can tell you a funny little story. When I was about six, uh, I saw his church for the first time, and I was standing up in the pulpit just before time for church to start. And um, it had uh, railings uh, across the pulpit. And I stuck my leg through one in my knee, and it wouldn't come out. And I was young, so I was screaming and crying, and they had to get hot, soapy water to get my leg out. And here's the congregation coming in, <laughs> and James's little sister up there screaming and crying. <laughs> so that's funny. that was a funny little story, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one I remember because I was young and I was scared and I thought, oh no, and here's all the people coming in and looking. That's how he introduced his little sisters. <laughs> called, called in the railings of the pulpit. <laughs> ah, that's cute. My daughter is seven. My son just turned six. And so I, oh. I can picture that. <laughs> that's cute. I would love to hear from you about um, his character as a husband. And as a provider and, you know, as a, you spoke a little bit about, you know, what you noticed about him as a father. Um, I would love to hear from you about what you could see in him 
um, as a as a husband that way? Well, I know he always seemed to care for you know his family, um, and of course provide for them. I know that he was uh, his heart was completely dedicated to them, and I really. I could see that in him. I respect him a lot for just that demonstration of love and faithfulness. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. I might uh, might have to make a motorcycle trip out to see you. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> That'd be great. Come on out. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure I'll be in touch soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.